Blessed. The story of Jacob. Good afternoon, International. Are you doing good? Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, congratulations, because you will encounter church history this afternoon. I don't know if you believe it or not, but it's true. I believe that today we are going to read the longest passage ever that we ever read at ICF in one sermon. Now, I'm on staff for 15 years. I'm a, a teaching pastor probably for the last 10 years. I can't remember that we ever read such a long passage. And I really hope you had enough coffee or Red Bull. <laughs> Did you have a good retreat? I heard you had a retreat. Yeah. I only saw the picture. I saw meat, a lot of meat. <laughs> and then you, okay, Bjorn is your pastor, a lot of meat. That's so good. All right, let's pray that we might encounter Jesus and not just the longest passage of the Bible. Jesus, we are here to encounter you, to meet you, to hear your voice, to be changed by your spirit. And today I open up my heart and I expect everything from you. And I allow you to change my life, my day-to-day -day life. And I ask you to put this fire in it within me that changes my attitude, that changes the way I think about myself, the way I think about my friends, about my parents, about my boss. May you change us this afternoon in Jesus' name. Amen. We are in the series called Jacob Blessed, and uh, we are diving back into the story. Jacob um, is the son of Isaac. Isaac is the son of Abraham, so they are like the fathers of the tribe of the history of Israel. And um, Jacob's name is called the one who holds the fist. The fist? Is that true? No, not the fist. The The heel. We have a lot of different opinions, but Björn is the pastor. The shoulder. <laughs> the, heel, the, heel. the heel. Yeah, the heel. I believe the heel. Yeah, you want to talk about it real quick? We can go for a coffee and then come back later. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he holds the heel of his brother Esau when he was born. He was the second one coming out. They were twins. But already when we look at how he came out, you can see Jacob is a fighter. And he's also a little bit a cheater. And this is what he did. He cheated his brother. He cheated his dad. He stole the birthright of Esau. And this is the reason why he had to escape. Because his brother Esau, he was really mad at him. So his mother told Jacob to escape and go back to the place where she was born, about 600 kilometers uh, to Haran, and to meet her brother-in-law and to, to somehow find and start a new life there. And this is where we continue to read the longest passages ever have been read in church history of ICF Zurich. Are you ready? Yeah. Come on. Then Jacob continued on his journey and came to the land of the eastern people. There he saw a well in the open country with three flocks of sheep lying near it because the flocks were watered from that well. The stone over the mouth of the well was large. Remember, the stone was very important theology. When all the flocks were gathered there, the shepherds would roll the stone away, which was very large, from the well's mouth and water the sheep. Then they would return the stone to its place over the mouth of the well. Now, I don't know if you know these people who come into a situation, but know from the very point what to do. 
You know, they know everything better than you do. Maybe you know these kind of people that jump into a conversation that you have. They show up last, but all of a sudden, they are the one who lead the conversation. Jacob was that kind of guy. So he asked, Jacob asked the shepherds, my brothers, where are you from? They said, we're from Haran. And that's good news for Jacob because that was the place he was looking for the last 600 kilometers. So he said to them, oh, do you know Laban, Nahor's grandson? Yeah, we know him. They answered. Then Jacob asked them, is he well? Yes, he is, they said. And here comes his daughter Rachel with the sheep. Okay, so here comes Rachel, the daughter of Laban. And the first thing that Jacob sees is, oh, she has a lot of sheep. And that was a sign of wealth at that time. The second thing that Jacob sees is, ooh, this pretty lady is very pretty. And that changes a lot. So this is how it continues. Verse 7, look, he said, the sun is still high. It's not time for the flocks to be gathered. Water the sheep and take them back to pasture. So he starts telling the guys what to do, okay? So he shows up, not knowing the place at all, but one minute later, he's the guy who tells the other guys what they do wrong, okay? So he's the kind of the macho. The second thing he does, um, they say, we can't, they replied, until all the flocks are gathered and the stone has been rolled away from the mouth of the well. Then we will water the sheep. While he was still talking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherd. When Jacob saw Rachel's daughter of his uncle Laban and Laban's sheep, he went over and rolled the stone away from the mouth all by himself and waters his uncle's sheep. That was a poser right there. So he sees the wealth he sees the beauty of Rachel, and he likes everything that he sees with his eyes, and he becomes a macho and a poser at the same time, and he's like in the gym. You know, you're like in the gym, you're pushing up, and it's very hard, and all of a sudden, your girlfriend shows up, and you're going, hey, honey. <laughs> and as soon as she goes, like, oh! <laughs> and you think, why is Jacob doing this? You know, he's 67 years old and still single. He's 67 years old and still single. He is desperate. And he knows maybe this is my last chance to be married, to find a woman in my life. And this is why he does everything necessary, even if it almost kills him. Verse 11, then Jacob, because he was so exhausted, kissed Rachel and began to weep aloud. He cannot believe what just happened to him. He's so happy in the midst of his own escape. Escaping from his own mistake, from his own mess, from his own faults that he did. Unexpected, there shows up the blessing of God. Sometimes God's blessing shows up at places where we would not expect them at all. Unexpected blessings. S Jacob Runs away from his own mess. He's away from his family. Actually, he's away from his birthright. It doesn't do any good to him because he had to escape from his own dad. He had to escape from his own brother. 
and probably was not at all expecting God to bless him. But there, all of a sudden, God shows up and he shows him, I was waiting for you. And my story for you continues, Jacob. And I don't know how you feel, but I sometimes think, well, if I don't have this right in my life, if I have still this problem and this doubt in my life, God cannot bless me. But you know, God's blessing is a blessing out of grace, not out of what you do. Verse 12. He had told Rachel that he was a relative of her father and a son of Rebekah. So she ran and told her father. As soon as Laban heard the news about Jacob, his sister's son, he hurried to meet him. He embraced Jacob and kissed Jacob and brought him to his home. Now, I have to tell you, I'm very happy that this tradition changed. I don't know if you want to get kissed by your uncle. Now, I have great uncles. I really like them. We have a great relationship, but I'm really happy that we don't have to kiss each other. I remember my grandpa, he was a farmer. He used to kiss us. So every time we were there for a visit on his farm, as we were supposed to leave, we all knew, okay, here we go again. So we all showed up, three guys. Bye-bye, granddad. And then he came like, and he didn't do it like the French way, just like, you know, just the, the, the cheek. But he, he used his lips. You know, his unshaved lips. You're like, mwah, mwah, mwah. But we did it because we always knew as soon as we are done with this, he would get in his pocket and give us five Swiss francs. So he kissed him. And you might think, wow, Laban is a great guy. He's a friendly guy. He's a good guy to meet. But you will soon realize that not everybody who is good to you is necessarily good for you. Not everyone who is good to you is this necessary good for you? Sometimes people invite themselves into your life, maybe with money, maybe with friendly words, maybe with uh, great relationships. And you might think, wow, they look great. They have money. They have influence. They can get me to better places. They can get me better to career. But those people, they might be good to you, but they don't have to be necessary good for you. After Jacob has stayed with him for a whole month, verse 15, Laban said to him, Just because you are a relative of mine, should you work for me for nothing? Tell me what your wages should be. Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older one was Leah, and the name of the younger one was Rachel. We already know Rachel, right? Now the next verse is very important. Verse 17, Leah had weak eyes. Now, there is a lot of discussion in theology about what it means, but I believe maybe it just tells us that Leah had resigned. Maybe Leah has given up. So if you look at her eyes, you would not see the joy and the life and the vibrant passion. But you saw weak eyes and maybe you saw that she was jealous on her younger sister because the next verse says the following verse 17 but Rachel had a lovely figure 
and she was beautiful. And now what is Jacob doing? Again, he goes for whatever he sees, for whatever he likes. He decides for the outward appearance what pleases his eyes. So verse 18, Jacob was in love with Rachel and said, I work for you seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. And probably this was not what Laban expected because it would be not normal that you ask for a younger daughter if there is an older one. The older one in that time of the, uh, had to get married first. So probably Laban was not at all expected Jacob to ask for Rachel. Again, Jacob is a cheater. Again, he goes for what he wants. Now I have to tell you, of course I would have worked for seven years for my wife. Of course, you would have done, right? Of, seven years is nothing. I mean, seven years, come on. But still, I have to admit, I'm kind of happy that also this tradition changed. But also, I think of the future, because I have a daughter, and Bjorn, you have a daughter as well, and one day, they will be 20 years old, and some weird guy might show up and ask me if he can marry her, and that probably will be the time where I start that tradition again. <laughs> All right. So this is what Laban answers to Jacob. And this is really <laughs> not a compliment. It's better that I give her to you than to some other men. Or another Bible translation says, to some complete stranger. Stay here with me now. Now, this is not very nice. To all the potential fathers-in-law, if ever somebody shows up and asks you if he can marry your daughter, well, just say yes or no. But don't say, well, yeah, you're better than some kind of criminal, some kind of drug dealer or anything. So he's not very friendly, okay? Just a tip from ISIF Zurich. Verse 20. Oh, no, sorry, before we go into this. So Jacob works for seven years, seven years. Before he was able to get married to Rachel, he had to work for Laban. He didn't get any money. All he was knowing that he will get Rachel after seven years. So he worked hard as a shepherd. It was cold at night. It was very hot at the day. Uh, he had to get up and help the sheep, whatever needed to be done. So there was a painful, hard work. But the next verse is so Romantic. Verse 20. So Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Ah. Isn't that romantic? He worked for seven years, but it only seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Well, at that time, Jacob was um, writing a lot of romantic songs. I don't know if you knew that, but some of these songs are still covered uh, in radio stations. I want to play just a few songs, though, just so you know what kind of songs Jacob uh, was, was writing at that time. Are you ready for some romantic music in the midst of a sermon? Anyone? Good. My work is brilliant. Thank you. 
my work is pure I'm working for Rachel of that I'm sure another one and can you feel my work tonight no woman no work yeah. no where all these songs come from they all come from that time so Jacob after seven years said to Laban give me my wife my time is completed I want to make love to her because now I am 74 years and I'm still single. I love, I really, you can be very proud of the NIV Bible translation because the German one, that's just, ah, oh, I would like to spend time with her. The English one, I didn't expect this, was more honest. This is what is the Hebrew text. I want to have sex with Rachel. Because I worked for seven years, and I'm desperate. So Laban, verse 22, brought together all the people of the place and gave a big party. And I promise you, I believe at that party, they consumed a lot of alcohol. I want to prove it to you, verse 23. But when the evening came, Laban took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob, and Jacob made love to her. Now, how drunk can you be to sleep with the wrong woman? He had worked with Rachel. They have both been shepherds. He knew how she looked. He probably knew how she smelled. But he was so drunk that he ended up sleeping with Leah. The older sister. So when morning came, there was Leah. So Jacob said to Laban, what is this you have done to me? I served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why haven't you deceived me? Now, I mean, we all understand his feeling, but rethink what he says. He says to Laban, what have you done to me? I served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why have you deceived me? Jacob, the nice guy, the guy who never does anything wrong, the guy who would never steal anything from his brother called Esau. No, he's upset. Now, fairly enough, this is an unfair situation. But to be honest, somehow this is very, very fair. Because Jacob was the guy cheating all over again in his life. He was cheating God. He was cheating his brother. He was cheating his dad. And now he ends up, you reap what you saw, Jacob. You reap what you sow. Galatians 6, verse 7, it says, Do not be deceived. 
God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. A man reaps what he sows. If you are living a lie, if you live with dishonesty, if you are playing to be somebody else in your job, in your relationships, in your family, if you're trying to cheat to get faster, to get faster in your career, you might eventually wake up next to Leah. And something that looked so good at night, all of a sudden is a misery in the light of the truth of God. Now I want to show you just a little YouTube clip what it means to reap what we saw. Let's go. what you saw. So Laban replied, verse 26, it is not a custom here to give the younger daughter in marriage before the older one. Finish this daughter's bridal week, then we will give you, then we will give you the younger one also in return for another seven years of work. So Jacob did so. He finished the week with Leah. He finished the week with Leah, whatever that means. And then Laban gave him his daughter Rachel to be his wife as well. Laban gave his servant Bilhah to his daughter Rachel as her attendant. Remember the name Bilhah. It's important. Jacob made love to Rachel also. But his love for Rachel was greater than his love for Leah. And he worked for Laban another seven years. So we have here Rachel. Now Rachel, I would say, had one big goal in her life. And it was called achievement. She wanted to achieve something. And I believe achievement is one of the core values of the core goals that drive our life as well. Leah, she wanted to have or to get approval. Approval from her husband. Now Leah ended up being in a marriage knowing this man did not want me. This man does not love me at all. Now this is terrible. This is a misery. Leah knew I 
might be a good woman, but Jacob doesn't love me. He loves Rachel. This is, she, he worked for her and not for Leah. And I love the next verse, 31. When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he enabled her to conceive, but Rachel remained childless. When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, I love this sentence. God sees Leah's situation. God hears her cry. God hears your cry. God sees your pain. God feels your pain in your life. God hears the cry of the widow, the cry of the orphan, the cry of the refugee. God sees the wrongness maybe in your job. He knows what's going on. He sees the injustice. And whatever God sees, he's not always acting the way we pray. He's not always fixing the situation like we would ask him to do. But what he does here is he reshuffles the stack. He reshuffles the card. And it says he made Leah able to conceive, but Rachel remained childless. God selects what man rejects. Man said, I can't use you. You're not pretty enough. You're not gifted enough. There are other people who are a lot better. Whatever, whenever this God hears, <laughs> he reshuffles the cards and says, oh, people tell you, I can't, you they can't use you? Well, I can use you. And he chose Leah to play a major role in the future. Her son ended was the son in the bloodline of King David. King David was in the bloodline of Jesus, not Rachel. God picked her, the ugly one, the one who is not loved, the one who is not used, and said, I will build my kingdom, I will build my future in your life. So for the rest of this uh, time, it really gets messy. Now this is going to be dramatic. Are you ready for the last part of this message? Leah became pregnant, gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben, for she said, It is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. So she is convinced, I have a son. She cannot uh, become any children. So now Jacob will love me. She wants achievement, but it doesn't work out. She wants approval. Now she becomes Reuben, and she thinks, now I get approval. Next verse, she conceived again, and when she gave birth to that son, she said, because the Lord heard that I am not loved, he gave me this one too. So she named him Simon. The Lord has heard. So she thinks, now I am heard. Now I get attention. Again she conceived, and when she gave birth to the third son, she said, Now at last my husband will become attached to me, because I have borne him three sons. So she called him Levi, which means 
devotion. Now I get devotion. She's still convinced that this might work out for him. She conceived again, and when she gave birth to the fourth son, she said, this time I will praise the Lord. So she named him Judah, and Judah was the one who Jesus came out. So then it says, then she stopped having children for a minute. <laughs> so here we go. When Rachel saw that she was not bearing Jacob any children, she became jealous of her sister. Now, it was always Rachel being, no, sorry, Leah being jealous on Rachel. Now, Leah has achievement. Now, she becomes jealous on her older sister. And she said to Jacob, give me children or I'll die. Jacob became angry with her and said, Am I in the place of God who has kept you from having children? Then she said, here is Bilhah, my servant. Sleep with her so that she can bear children for me and I too can build a family through her. So she gave him her servant Bilhah as a wife. Jacob slept with her and she became pregnant and bore him a son. Rachel said, God has vindicated me. He has listed to my prayer and given me a son. Because of, his, she, because of this, she named him Dan. Now, Rachel gets a son too and she just, oh, this is justice. This is fair. Now I have a son as well. And then it goes on. Rachel's servant Bilhah conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Rachel said, I have had great struggle with my sister. This is terrible. I have had great struggle with my sister and I have won. Now this is a, a game, a fight going on with children. So she named him Naphtali, which means victory or struggle. She said, ha-ha, and now I have won. Ta-ta. So this is terrible. Do you see it? Rachel, sir, uh, sorry, when Leah saw that she had stopped having children, she took her servant Zilpah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. So now we have, uh, this is the fourth wife for Jacob, okay? Leah's servant Zilpah bore Jacob a son, and Leah said, what good fortune. So she named him God, not God, I mean God, but God with A, which means fortune. And it continues. So they all try to make more babies, and I want to skip the rest. Instead, I want to show you a summary, a video clip that kind of repeats the history that we heard and brings it to the end. So this, watch the movie. Come on. Jacob was en route to keep out of his brother Esau's way. Because he wanted to kill him, that's not so nice. So Jacob went to his relatives and fell madly in love with their beautiful Rachel. Her father Laban consented to the marriage if Jacob was ready to work for free for seven years. And isn't love so nice? The years pass by so quickly and he married her. At least that is what he thought. For she was so wailed and he was so tipsy that he didn't notice he had been given her older sister Leah. Unfortunately, she was not so pretty. 
so anger was pre-programmed. After another deal with Laban and another seven years of enforced labor, he was then given the correct wife in addition to the first one. What a kinship! However, Jacob's favorite wife, Rachel, didn't have any children. Hence that the not-so-pretty Leah had one after another, son after son. Rachel found this daft. She gave Jacob her mate for a quick encounter, so that she would at least have one child. Thus Jacob was given wife number three. When Leah was no longer able to have children, she handed over her mate. Wife number four. What a chaos! But despite this, God heard the constant plead of both sisters. After Leah gave Jacob another son, he also gave Rachel a long-desired own offspring, Joseph. Wow, what a story. And I really like the last part. In the end, <laughs> it says, verse 22, when God remembered Rachel, he listened to her and enabled her to conceive. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son and said, God has taken away my disgrace. She named him Joseph and said, may the Lord add to me another son. When God remembered Rachel, all the time, God knew about Rachel's situation. All the time, God knew about her misery as well. And she, Rachel did what her husband did as well. He, they, they, they tried to cheat. They tried to, to force God's blessing on them instead of waiting for God to move. And God moved when he was said, the time is ready. And God moves in our lives when he says, now is the time to move. All the time he sees our misery. All the time he hears our prayer. But he's the one who decides the timing. And sometimes that's so hard. I want to look at all these names, love, attention, devotion, fortune, honor, reward, happiness, fulfillment, pride, justice, victory. Now, do, these two women, they expected to receive all of this from Jacob. They believed if they are good enough, if they achieve enough, if they get enough approval, they will get all of this from their husband, Jacob. But I believe for every of this word, this can only be given to you by the only real, true lover, and his name is Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. God does not allow that we replace the creation with the creator. God does not allow us to replace the creator with the creation 
And all so many times we expect, we expect to be fulfilled, we expect to be happy, we expect love from things that we see like Jacob, money, the career, what people say about it, how they clap, how they cheer us on. But the only one that can fill our heart and soul and bring it to rest is Jesus. Is Jesus. Let's pray, church. Father, you are the only true life giver. And God, this afternoon I ask you to forgive me for every time that I'm trying to be loved, be blessed by things that you made. I ask for forgiveness because I replaced the creator with creation. This afternoon, God, I ask you to reset my goals in life. And I thank you that I already have your approval, that I already have your peace, that I already have your victory, that I already have your blessing, that I already have your justice. This afternoon, God, I put my trust in you, and I ask you to make me whole, to make me complete, to fill that hole, that, that hole that drops all the time. I ask you to heal me, and I ask you for all of my brothers and sisters to heal them as well. And I pray this in your beautiful name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Why don't we stand up, church, and continue to pray. And we, we kind of sum up a prayer, all of the prayers that Jacob spoke to God. And we see it at the screen. And what we do is we pray them out loud. I pray and you follow my prayer. Can we do this? Are you ready to this? Yes? Björn is ready. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, you know me through and through with all my strengths and joys with all my struggles and fears I stand before you without any mask you have called me by name I have taken hold of your hand and now I won't let go I need your blessing every day and I receive it now thank you Amen